Good morning and welcome to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger. 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WOV Vincennes, and 97.3 FM in Washington. Our first guest this morning, Mark Hill from the Knox County United Way, also the United Way of Crawford County, Illinois. Good morning. Morning, Ed. Beautiful morning. Now that the fog is cleared, you know, so... uh... Good, good looks like a good weekend going yeah ahead too. well speaking of good weather really you had good weather for day of caring we did you know we had an interesting thing happen it did rain the night before so we had a couple of uh, projects that uh, that literally were too wet to either stain or uh, you know work on uh, that a couple of our groups were uh, obligated towards but we came up with alternate uh, projects at both of those sites so that that worked out well and you're right the rest of the rest of the weather was very accommodating okay um, what I find interesting are are the different groups yeah uh, who come out right okay, you know you have your standards. I mean, the VU men's <coughs> basketball team's that for how many years? You know what I they, mean? Yeah, they're great. Okay. But but you get new ones now, too, don't right. you? We had a new dance and cheer coach, you know, so uh, it took us a while to coordinate that together. But uh, uh, we had a, a, a band washing kind of thing that they'd done the last couple of years. And so we had two different locations. She said, well, we'll do both. I said, oh, really? Yeah. So, like, they cleaned uh, vans at uh, Van Gogh, and they also did the same thing at the Baker Center for KCRC, which was great. We had several uh, new groups, uh, particularly from the high schools, uh, step up. The South Knox Honor uh, students, uh, senior high school um, kids came out, Miss Shepherd's group, and uh, they painted the lower part of Old Town Players, which is being projected now as a potential teen center with some funds the city of uh, Vincennes has. And so that was kind of an exciting project. We had young Rotarians, uh, you know, we had bank associates, uh, we had workers from NDOT that have been doing projects out at Camp Arthur uh, for quite a while. And uh, the the wonderful people from FIA, they decided to take on two projects. One was a landscaping thing. I had no idea how much that they were going to uh, be asked to put into that but it looked great and then they went out and painted pumpkins for uh, <laughs> hope's voice so i thought well that's a nice balance isn't it okay well anyway uh, why do this why what is the main purpose of the day of care so i think one is is to just kind of uh, develop that spirit of um, <clears throat> camaraderie that exists across the county that <clears throat> you know is displayed by all the different um partner agencies that we have many of them have little things and sometimes big things that they need done that they just don't have time to do or you know oftentimes get kicked to the uh to the bottom level of 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 things that need to happen so that gives them some opportunity to get uh, some free uh, focused labor uh more importantly probably is the food collection that we do uh for about uh, 12 partner agencies seven of those are food pantries um, so this year, this past uh, couple of seasons, actually, for the food pantries have been especially challenging. And so the fact that we can do that food collection, and uh, and that's a, a moving schedule, too. But we only have one uh, person not make a shift, which was amazing when we think about all the different shifts we cover at uh, all those locations. So uh, we collect food up in the North Docks area, up at Bicknell General Market, and the food stays up there. Collect food down in the South Docks area at the uh, Dollar General in Monroe City. And then we had three groceries here in town, Walmart and JC's and Save-A-Lot, where we collected uh, food and hygiene products for about uh, 12 
uh, partner agencies. So um, that's really good, and uh, and we were very successful with that. The other nice thing is that sometimes people don't really have time to shop for some of those extra items, and they'll give you a cash donation. So we were able to collect some cash donations, which will help those food pantries purchase things then like uh, meat products and things that you know we don't want people to shop for, but that uh, the actual food uh, <clears throat> pantries can purchase. It almost seems like. Uh you know, you get the Fortune 500 companies or even sports teams. The team bonding, mm. you hear a lot about that. You know right. what I mean? And this is almost like this is a bonding event for the United Way. It where, is, where, yeah. where you bring people together. Right, right. So I think, you know, when you get uh, particularly, I find that, uh, you know, for example, the uh, the local banks all have the obligations that they their uh, employees do so much work in the community. So this gives an opportunity for them to do that. So uh, <clears throat> so allowing their associates to get out there and uh, promote uh, the United Way. And then uh, the the big question you asked at the very beginning was why do we do this? Well, we hope that people that volunteer will also be people that donate that will become part of the payroll deduction at uh, some of these companies. So our NDOT employees that uh, typically are part participants of a project like we had at Camp Arthur also make donations during the year. So that's another reason to do it. But it's also to instill the spirit uh, in young people. I mean, we have the entire uh, Reve Middle School religion classes, you know, and they all come out and they're all over the downtown area, you know, <laughs> which this year was covered with crushed candy. So, you know, it's <laughs> the timing of the most difficult challenge we have with the Day of Caring is uh, is homecoming, trying to figure out what's the best time to do it because it's usually a Thursday, Friday thing. So we obviously avoid homecoming. Last year we did the event uh, before homecoming. So we cleaned up the pavilion, for example. You know, this year uh, homecoming is very early. So, and then we always have to be sensitive to uh, VU parent weekends and uh -huh. things like that. So um, it's a little bit of a, a crap shot with dice, you know, about which, <laughs> which two days you pick. Okay. <laughs> but I never thought about that, about the homecoming part, about having to clean up afterwards. That, that would not be fun. No, no. <laughs> okay. All right, let's move on to the uh, update on the campaign. Uh, of so, course, Robin and Laura, they're off and running. They have been, you know, and they, we had a board meeting this week, and I, I, I joked with both of them. I said, I don't know how many appearances the, the two of you have made. And then I, I said to Robin especially, I said, I think it's more than what I told you at the beginning of when we were recruiting you. But uh, they've been very enthusiastic and helpful and particularly uh, becoming involved uh, with uh, the work that they've done with the chamber and looking at those types of campaigns. So we have active campaigns going on now at Good Samaritan Hospital. We've started at Vincennes university and typically do that at uh, monthly um, uh, college presentations so th this year we're going to be doing that in october which is a little bit uh, later we've got a number of smaller agencies uh, that will also be doing payroll deductions and then uh, the nice employees up at the duke Edwardsport plant do a silent auction uh, during this month so that will be coming to a close so now we're focusing on smaller uh, businesses um, and uh, we have uh, members of our campaign um, <clears throat> department that are going uh, delivering those letters oftentimes in person 
to uh, organizations to stress the importance of how their donations are also equally as important to us. Um, and then following that, then we move on to more of an individual donor uh, campaign. So we do, uh, you know, if somebody wants, uh, some people like those uh, paper pledge cards. You know, if they want one of those, they can uh, download one of those from our website. Uh, or they can call our office at 812-882-3624 or email me at director at United Way of Knox County. But the simplest way uh, to donate is to go to our website, unitedwayofknoxcounty.org, and click on that button that says Donate Knox. That pulls up uh, a mobile uh, app that allows people to donate either with a debit card or a credit card. Um, so there are lots of ways to donate, and we certainly need it this year because um, you know, everyone, all of our agencies are facing a certain amount of challenge. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, um, do you think, is it because it, they're getting hit up by so many groups or a lot of these businesses that when you, you know, it's, I mean, I, I'm just trying to figure out why it's even tougher now than it was pre-pandemic yeah so i that that's a really good question and something we certainly try to you know scratch our heads and think about you know uh, we we always look for a later in the fall sort of project and we talked about that at our board meeting this this week because we uh, have been alternating kind of chilly cook-off times because you don't want to burn out that <clears throat> particular uh, project um so we're looking at giving tuesday you know maybe it's more of a focus for this year but there are so many uh, different organizations, so many things that happen online uh, that are soliciting funds from people, you know, even just like simple things like uh, people's uh, birthdays on Facebook, mm -hmm. you know, people say donate to my favorite charity and that sort of thing. So um, there are multiple, multiple challenges. And I think younger people especially uh, don't necessarily completely understand payroll deduction mm -hmm. and the advantage of that. Um, so it takes some time to, to try to promote that to uh, agencies and organizations where that has been for many years our bread and butter. Okay, let's take a break. We'll have more with Mark after this on WAOV. You've worked hard to start your own business. Now, all you need is customers. Let the original company, Incorporated, get the word out with advertising, print, direct mail, broadcasting, and the internet. Whether it's banners on the World Wide Web or designing your own website, the original company can sure put you in touch with potential clients. But there's more. We can provide marketing research, media management, public relations, and other services. Make your business our business. Contact the original company, Incorporated, online at originalcompany.com. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger here on 97.7 FM, 97.3 FM, and 1450 AM WAOV. Mark Hill from the Knox County United Way and the United Way of Crawford County, Illinois, joins us. Homeless Task Force update, and it's something we really have been uh, hitting hard over the last year or yeah, you know, one of the more interesting things that, uh, and a lot of people don't fully understand what the Homeless Task Force is. I mean, it's really a coalition of uh, local agencies and organizations that uh, attempt to provide services for people that are either temporarily or even longer term uh, homeless for a variety of reasons. So uh, there are a number of grants that uh, have been uh, handled in recent uh, times by Children and Family Services that uh, had previously been operated uh, through the hospital, for example. And uh, so, you know, they've been able to help with victims of domestic violence, also with the LEAD and the COSAP 
uh, programs. They've been able to help with housing of people that have had past uh, legal offenses. Um, so there are uh, methods and ways that uh, these organizations have been able to help with a number of individuals who face homelessness. You know, we still face the challenge that we don't have a shelter. Um, and that so people that need temporary lodging, um, you know, there have been some organizations that have assisted people with temporary, you know, one day or two day stays in some local hotels, but that's obviously not the, not the long-term answer. Uh, so one of the things that, um, uh, Children and Family Services has been working on are, are working with local landlords, um, and there are a couple of programs from uh, the Indiana State Housing uh, Division that assist um, um, landlords in terms of rental support and mitigation of situations. And so uh, what uh, we agreed to do as a homeless task force was host a couple of uh, educational sessions here in November at a date to be announced soon. Uh, with the likely location of that will be at the uh, Knox County Public Library where we'd have like a lunch uh, presentation of uh, to certain landlords and then maybe an evening one so we could catch people at different periods of time. So look for announcements about that and we'll try to uh, promote that and explain those uh, situations because again I think there's continuing other methods that we can do to try to assist people that are in temporary need. The other thing that we talked about at the most recent meeting was also making sure there's a list out there of warming centers as we get into the winter season. You know places that are open for at least four hours for people where they can come and get some warmth and shelter and perhaps some some uh, uh, food supplies. Um, and then if somebody is truly in need of some other temporary shelter, then trying to assist them with those types of things. Okay. The one thing, again, is I'm going to ask you straight out. In Knox County, is there a homeless problem? Uh, you know, there is a homeless problem uh, everywhere, to be honest with you. Um, you know, the homelessness in um, Knox County, I think, is more demonstrable by people that are oftentimes financially challenged, either because of rising food prices or because of the temporary unemployment or displacement uh, from work and those types of situations or who are uh, having difficulty financially dealing with utility bills and those types of things. So sometimes there are people that are razor thin, you know, close to being um, temporarily homeless. There are other people, particularly older adolescents and folks that uh, are oftentimes moving from household to household. So they meet the definition of being homeless. So um, it is a moving target, so to speak. And uh, one of the things that we do uh, with the Homeless Services Council out of Evansville is uh, in the winter particularly do what's called a pit count, which is actually counting noses, counting people that we know that are uh, homeless on a particular day <clears throat> in a particular window of time so that we can get a better accurate picture of that. Okay. What about your quarterly agency meeting? Well, we decided to move that up a little bit earlier um, this uh, coming month. So it is October the 3rd of uh, next month. And part of that was due to the holiday that falls in the following week. Um, and that, that sometimes throws off calendars. So we decided to move it up. Uh, a week earlier. So we are meeting on October 3rd. The nice thing is that we are 
able to meet uh, back again now at Kemper CPA Group that has a nice community room. And so gathering those agencies together to talk about things like uh, the collaboration that happened with the Day of Caring, the importance our agencies have in our campaign is very important too. You know, there are a number of uh, our partner agencies uh, that actually offer uh, payroll deduction or at least campaign uh, material to their employees. You know, we have that relationship with PACE. We conduct a, an employee campaign at the YMCA and KCRC is another example of places that both received United Way dollars uh, from grants that we uh, distribute uh, after the first of the year, uh, but they also actively engage their employees in support of that. So that's an important part of what happens at those quarterly agency meetings. Okay. To go across the river, a lot of good things going on. Oh yeah, you know, it really uh, Robinson's been a, a happening place. You know, they have had an expansion of uh, the Hershey plan over there. Yeah, um, and uh, they they have a new mayor that uh, is actually on our board over there. Um, and, uh, and uh, Mayor Mike is doing an outstanding job. They've uh, been able to address a number of issues over there and uh, their working relationship with Marathon and they're looking at working at a boys and girls club uh, in uh, Robinson is uh, uh, something that they would like to address. Um, so they're actively working on uh, their campaign as well. Um, and so what we've tried to do over the last several years especially is expand our campaign more from just industry to include um, you know, chamber members as well uh, as allowing uh, people in the schools, for example, to donate like they do um, here in Knox County. Um, and then they have a, a big uh, uh, fall and winter um, uh, campaign that they call Art with a Heart, which is an auction. Uh, and this year they've included uh, students' art as a part of that. So it's been kind of a fun thing to generate. Uh, one of the things that, you know, we've looked at in Crawford County is they do their day of caring in the summer. Mm -hmm. um, and so we learn from each other. You know, in the summer it's a little easier to work at schools and places that are not open uh, as opposed to some of the things that we do. But at the same time then you don't necessarily have that student uh, population to pull from for volunteers uh, at the same time they this year at their day of caring did food collection for the Do they first get a lot time. of, a lot of uh, donations and help from Lincoln Trail College Oh, uh, you know, we, we do have a relationship at Lincoln Trail okay, uh, that allows uh, that, that employee group because Lincoln Trail College is a part of a uh, four-college consortium over there. Right. So there's a process that uh, people are able to donate through that. Okay, I was just curious on that, yeah. how that works. Well, that's good because I know they're pretty active school, too, over there. So. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, we typically they had uh, representation uh, on our board. And, of course, Barb Scheimer, who is our community representative over there and is our, uh, you know, strongest representative of um, the United Way uh, was uh, a long-term employee uh, there at Lincoln Trail College in their theater and art department. Good, good. You know, I look at um, getting back to the campaign itself. Um, it seems like it really starts to pick up momentum now. I mean, as, as we get into fall, I mean, you, you just, yeah. basically, we just kicked off. I think you're right. I think that, that you know, part of, uh, the, the again, the day of caring and why we do it, when we do it, um, is to, you know, bring um, the campaign to a focus. We had some, we really had a lot of positive comments uh, this year about uh, the shirts that we had, you know, because, uh, 
Caitlin Ice, who's uh, part of our marketing uh, committee, uh, took our Let's Eclipse the Need a logo and, uh, and, and changed kind of the coloration of it that we did on uh, a number of our publications. Um, and subsequently, we said, you know, that would look great on our shirt this year. And it becomes kind of a keepsake. And, uh, of course, the Eclipse is a big thing in Knox County going into next spring. So um, that is, uh, that, that's an important part of continuing to keep that, that logo, that impression, that theme out there. So we're going to you know, meet actually with the marketing committee here sometime in October. And again, uh, our next focus actually, it seems a ways off, but you always have to um, you know, look ahead to what are the other opportunities. But Giving Tuesday has become a day like Cyber Monday or Black Friday and those other ones that are associated with the holiday shopping season and the holiday giving season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's always the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So we're looking at how we can make a little bit more of a splash and an impact on social media as in that venue okay mark appreciate you coming in today and thank you uh, ed and we'll see you next month all right take care all right say to more of the morning chat is coming up right here on waov let the original company incorporated help your business by getting the word out whether your business needs marketing research public relations website design print broadcast or even internet advertising rely on the technical research and expertise of the original company go online to originalcompany.com with numerous radio stations serving southwestern indiana and southeastern illinois plus their associated worldwide websites as well as organizing vendor events and toc direct mail we've got you covered let us prove to you advertising works again go to originalcompany.com Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger here on 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV Vincennes, also at 97.3 FM in Washington. Cheryl Boyd from uh, Social Security in Indianapolis, our guest this segment. Good morning. Good morning. So, uh, how are things in Indy? You know, we have rain. How about you all? Sunshine. <laughs> We've got sunshine, so... <laughs> We need them both. Yes. Both, need, both are needed. All right. Hey, we're going into a, a time of year where it's I, I'm a, it's the fourth quarter in, in business sense, but it's, you know, we're right there at the door at the holidays and a lot of things happening. But unfortunately, it's also a time, Shara, where that's, the bad guys just get worse, don't they? They do. And these bad guys, these scammers, they're always trying to uh, create new ways to fraud individuals out of their hard-earned money. And so I definitely wanted to talk today about being aware of some of the scams that are going on, especially as you were just saying, Ed, we know that what they say and what they do is going to change, but some things are going to stay the same, which are some of those red flags. Okay, big thing is, how do we protect ourselves? Mm, well, I think one of the one thing that you can do to protect yourself is the beware. So if you know that there are scams going on, that if you get a text, if you get an email, if you get um, a phone call, and it causes panic, it's some type of alarm, it catches you off guard, then... If you're aware that there's scams going on, then when you receive that, your response, you know, may be a little bit different because you're like, oh, you know what? I heard I heard that Social Security lady and Ed talking about this. That's probably a scam. Let me not respond. Mm-hmm. 
you know, what is it? If it's too good to be true, it's probably not. Yeah, absolutely. But also if it causes panic or alarm, it could be false as well. Um, and I have a recent report that um, scammers are mailing letters to individuals. And these fake letters closely resemble um, like a social security letter. They're, you know, going to websites, copying, you know, logos, making fake IDs of individuals and things like that. Again, they're doing these things to try to scam you out of your money or out of your identity. And the tactics, they have some things that are consistent that I think that are red flags. And it's that they present you with an unexpected problem or a situation. And then they offer you a solution with a hefty price tag. And so if you get a letter, whether that that letter says it's from Social Security, I'm sure the scammers are doing for, uh, scams in regards to the electric company, our cell phones, etc. If you get a letter or call or email a text and it has an unexpected problem, you didn't know there was a problem with your Social Security number or your account. You didn't know that you owed us money. You didn't know that there was a fee that you had with the electric company, et cetera. You have this unexpected problem, and then they offer you the solution, but there's a cost for it. That should cause a red flag and hopefully alert you, and you would know to not respond. Now, a lot of the um, financial institutions, they, they have also safeguards, right? Something doesn't look right. A purchase doesn't look right or whatever. You will get contacted. I mean, and sometimes, especially if it's something that is bought overseas, that they'll, they'll call you or, or they call the bank right away. Uh, that, that's got to help right there. You know, Ed, that is an excellent point, that when we're going through our own financial institutions, there are some safeguards there to kind of help, you know, give alerts for fraud. But some of these scams, they ask for payment in ways outside of our normal financial institutions. They may ask for payment via Amazon gift cards, via Green Dot cards, via PayPal. So they're, you know, they try to, these scammers are, they they try to do different things to kind of avoid some of those um, safeguards. And so that should be um, a red flag that if you, it's asking for you to pay through some type of way that is not your normal institution, that should be a red flag. Okay. All right. Um, we keep telling people, you know, uh, there's a lot of ways to get scammed. There's a lot of ways. You really have to be really vital. I mean, first of all, the most obvious thing, and I think you said it is, don't give up your social security number to anybody. Anybody. I mean. Especially if it's someone you don't know and that you did not initiate that contact with. Okay. All right. What else about scams can you help us with? You know, let's go over some tips to avoid them. Okay. So to simply hang up that phone call or ignore the message. And uh, I say that because some of our seniors are so polite. I know I get multiple calls a week from different folks saying that they're calling to buy my house. You know, being polite, you want to say, listen to them and say, no, thank you. Now is not the time to be polite. Simply hang up as they are talking. So you pick up the phone, you answer your call, and the person on the other side, you can tell they're trying to 
scam you, just simply hang up. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the really good first tips. Um, also, to talk to someone you trust. So if you get presented with an situ- unexpected situation that's causing panic or alarm, and sometimes they tell the individuals that they need to act right now and not to talk to anybody else about it. That's a red flag. Always talk to someone you trust um, when you get, you know, any kind of notification from from Social Security or other other folks, you know, requiring an action. Another tip is to secure your money and your personal information. Do not transfer money or buy gift cards. So we were talking about how there's a safeguards in some of our financial institutions so these scammers um, ask for individuals to transfer the funds or to pay them in gift cards so that's a tip to avoid yeah i think um, also a lot of these scammers will use strong arm techniques you know Mm. threaten you Uh, and you know whether the let's say if you do this or we're going to call the police or you will get arrested you will get fined whatever i mean They'll, they'll do any means necessary, you know, you're right. But if you hang up, they can't do a thing about it. Absolutely. And Ed, that's such a great point that when they're doing that, when you call strong arm, they're trying to create that sense of panic, that sense of alarm and that sense of urgency. And so what I can say on behalf of social security is that if you do owe us money, one, you have appeal right. So we have a process for you to be able to, appeal and share with us, you know, what's going on in regards to that case. And then we would never threaten you with um, arrest in regards to a debt that you would have with us. So, again, those are um, red flags that if you are you have an unexpected call or you get an unexpected email, um, these are red flags. And, Ed, as I say unexpected email, I want to encourage your listeners to not click on links or attachments. Um, especially from um, uh, that originate from places that they're not aware of. So you get an email, and in there there's a link. Just delete it. Do not click on those links because, again, those are things that are embedded um, that would lead to folks trying to scam them. You you know, there's, a, again, um, well, we spend hours talking about scammers because there's just a lot of different ways they go about it and uh, to try to trick you or whatever. You know, I there's 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 scam on there's scammers on the phone, but also stuff that you get in the mail, stuff that you get online by filling it out. You don't know where it's going, and I don't want to say we should live in a you know where we're so cautious, we're scared to do things, but we just have to be aware. Absolutely, we want to be aware because you want to protect your identity. You want to protect your personal identifying information. You want to protect your hard-earned money. And so just to know that there are folks out there that have an intent to try to scam you. And, again, we've talked about today, you know, folks that might send you a text message, uh, give you a phone call, send an email, and as you shared, they might even mail you something. And so, again, just some really good rules of thumb. If it creates panic, if there's a alarm, there's a problem that you weren't aware of, but this communication is telling you that now there's a problem and they're also offering to solve it, it is most likely a scam and you can simply ignore it. And your listeners, if they 
um, experience, you know, someone trying to scam them out of their Social Security, they can contact us at oig.ssa.gov. And so there, there's a fraud report, so you're able to um, share the details of what happened. You're able to see other scams that are going on. I'm looking at our website now, so it's talking about, I see... Um, when we sent communication out about the letter that was causing panic and we wanted folks to know that um, it's not SSA. I see where there were um, uh, imp- the imposter scams, uh, the different uh, phone scams. So we have the information um, there at, again, oig.ssa.gov to kind of help folks to kind of know what's going on as well. As we get closer to the holidays, unfortunately, we see things like this, don't we? Yeah, and I'm sure that the scammers will have something related to the holidays, and they also tie it into different things with current events. And so, again, don't want to be, you know, a downer to your listeners, but for them just to know we wanted to put this kind of front and center. So mm-hmm. that way if they get a text, they get a phone call, they get an email, they get a letter, if it causes alarm, if it causes panic, if it shows a problem that they didn't know they had, and now there's a solution, it's most likely a scam. Whether that communication is allegedly uh, fraudulently from Social Security or from any other agency or organization, I just wanted them to be aware. Okay, so anyway, uh, that is, uh, that's coming up. Um, just, again, just be careful. And when in doubt, call law enforcement, you know what I mean? Hey, I got a call. You know, maybe somebody else got the same call. You know, it, and then they could put, put out a warning to the local media that, hey, scammers are doing this. You know, and I mean, there's always something different about them. I've, I get them at my house, too. You know, but I'll admit, Sharo, I am not a good example because I'll toy with them. I will, I, I will, I will lead them on, and I will, I, will, I, I will have fun with them because I know they're scammers. But that's probably not a good rule of thumb because they could get me some time. Maybe the longer I'm on the phone, maybe that's what they want. So you're right. Just hang up. You know what? Because here's one thing is, uh, first of all, law enforcement will never use the phone to call you, say, we're going to come arrest you. You know what I mean? And, and, and you're going to get stuff in the mail. You're not going to get phone calls. All right? That's the way they'll do things. And I just, the whole process of, scaring people just bothers me and it's always it seems like it's always the elderly too that that they really zero in on isn't it you know they go after the elderly and um, i was thinking about a scam that um was the grandparent scam to where they look at your information maybe from your social media they see your name they see your grandchild's name and that they were going off to college so they call you in the middle of the night where you're you know, deep in sleep and, you know, not completely alert and say that they are your grandchild and that they've gotten in some trouble and they need some money transferred instantly to so they can be bailed out. And please don't tell mom or dad. Please don't call mom or dad, you know, just to send them, them that money to right then and there. And, again, it, there, it, it has all the symptoms as we talked about those red flags. There was a problem that you didn't expect, and they give you the option to solve that problem at a hefty cost. And um, so they, they go after our elderly, but and they also, they go after the young. They go after everyone. And so, again, just for your listeners, to be mindful 
of um, of unexpected problems that come their way and solutions are offered to resolve them that cost, um, that is definitely a red flag. Okay, all right. So, um, again, just uh, be careful. Before, I, before we wrap it up, I just realized uh, next month is October. <laughs> and what happens in October we talk about? Medicare open enrollment. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, really, the next time that we talk next month, it would have already opened up. Mm. Isn't that right? Yep, you are correct. It just hit me, Charo. We've been doing this for so many years, like, Oh my gosh, I better bring that up real quick. <laughs> Absolutely. So as we switch gears to your listeners, if you are receiving Medicare coming up in October, beginning October 15th, is that Medicare open enrollment season through October 15th through December 7th, that's when you have the opportunity to make any changes to your Medicare that's going to be effective um, January 1st the following year. We'll talk in detail about it on our next show, but just we know that your, your listening audience is such a smart group, so encourage you to simply go to Medicare.gov. There's plan finders. I always like to highlight the state health insurance program, SHIP. They are phenomenal. Um, where I, That's where I go and get my training when it comes to Social Security, and so they can be able to um, answer questions for you um, in regards to Medicare. But things do change. So the Medicare plan you have right now, it might change for what it covers or what it costs next year. So you want to find out what, if any, changes there are going to be so that way you can make a decision on what what plan you want to have for the following year. And that's the thing is you must enroll every year, right? This does not roll over from year to year. Well, that's, a, that's an excellent question. So if you are in a Medicare plan and that plan is still offered next year, if you didn't make any changes, you stay in that plan. Oh, I see. Okay. But, yeah, so if you didn't say, I, I want to change plan, and that plan is still available next year, then you stay in it. However, if they change their cost, then now you have new cost. And so you want to be aware um, of what your current plan is, what it costs, what is it going to cover next year, and what will it cost next year. And then while you're looking at that, you can compare it to others to see if you do want to stay or if you want to make any changes. Okay. Again, we'll talk more about it next month. Look forward to it. You know why? Because I'm getting closer to that age. (laughs) Remember, Charlotte, it's all about me on the show. (laughs) You know what? We have a phenomenal ship counselor that is in southern Indiana so she's, she's not there in your county, but she's close by. I want to see if I can secure her to join me in our radio show next month. So I'll be bringing the actual Medicare expert um, to the listeners if she's available for her to kind of talk about some things. So I'll see if I can make that happen. Okay. All right. Appreciate your time today, Charo. Have a, a, a great rest of the month, and we'll see you next month. Thanks so much, Ed. All righty. Stay tuned. More of the morning chat coming up on WAOV. 
Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger on 97.7 FM and also 1450 AM WAOV Vincennes and 97.3 FM in Washington. Our guest is Vincennes, our Knox County Sheriff, Doug Vantlin and Major Richie Wehrman. Good morning. Morning, Ed. I almost took away the county and gave you the city. Sorry about that. <laughs> you caught yourself. I, I, I did. I did. Okay. Well, first of all, when I... I find out what the topic is today, and I really get excited because we're talking about Canine Nationals. Is that right? Yep. Yes. In Vincennes. Yep. yep. We're hosting it again. Yeah. Next week. Yep. All right. Gentlemen, let's talk about this. First of all, you've had this before. Well, how many years ago was it that was here before? Uh, I believe the last time we hosted it was either was it 16 or 17, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a while back because I remember going yeah. to Inman Field and seeing a part of it. Yep. Okay. How many uh, canines are coming to town, and how many different towns are represented? Oh, let's see. Right now, I think we're sitting right around between 40 and 45 dog teams. Um, we've got teams coming from the East Coast, North Carolina, South Carolina, Rhode Island. Um, we got teams coming down from Kentucky, a lot of teams from Indiana, a lot of them coming from northern Indiana. Um Illinois, Michigan. Uh, yeah, we got some coming from Michigan, so we got a lot of states being represented down here as far as the canine nationals. Okay, when does it actually start? The the dog teams in uh, will roll in on Sunday for registration, um, and then Monday morning we'll kick it off. Okay, now when we talk about competition, right? Um, how many different events are there for this? Well, it's not really a competition. It's more – our nationals is a training conference. Um, okay. What it is 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 each dog has to recertify once a year. So usually the spring and the fall or conferences are the, are the times the dogs come in with all the master trainers and they recertify for the year. Okay. So it's more of an exhibition. I it's mean, more of just a training conference. Oh, sure, but, but it's open. But it but it's open to the public, so the public can come to the different venues and see what the dogs are capable of doing. Oh, and I'm and I'm sure they'll be blown away. They will, and I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, but uh, all forty to forty-five, fifty teams won't be at the same location all no, day long. No, we'll be. We've right now our training venues is we'll be over at Klein Farms right across uh, the bridge there in Westport. Um, uh, Bobby's offered his, you know, his ground over there for a lot of our tracking venue. So um, we'll be there uh, eight hours a day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, and then our other venue is going to be uh, the cottages there at the Youth Village. So uh, a lot of the narcotics work and the and the some of the aggression control will be done out there. And then our other venue is going to be the Vincent's Cub League. Um, if I was going to tell the public to go somewhere to see these dogs work, I would probably tell them to go to the Vincent's Cub League. That way it's more of a controlled environment, and they can see a lot of the stuff the dogs are doing. Yeah. There's just – it's amazing what they can do. Yes, it is. And it's amazing how they're trained. Now, how many uh, um, 
How many dogs will we have? Will we have two involved? Or? We'll have three involved. Three, three. okay. All right. Yeah. And who are the handlers? Uh, David Lindenberg, David Berner, and then Matt McCormick. Okay. The city. And then, yeah, we'll have, the city will be involved, too, with uh, with uh, uh, Sergeant Caswell. So he'll, he'll be involved also. Okay. All right. Good, good. This is... Uh, and this will go all week long. Yes, it'll go till Thursday. Thursday, um, Thursday evening will be our banquet, um, but Wednesday evening is going to be our public demo. We've done that the last three times we've hosted the nationals. It used to be at Emmon Field, but we've decided to uh, do it at Cub- Vincent's Cub League this year. That way, the you know with the bleachers and the stands being more close to the field, so we'll do it right there on the green diamond, and uh, it'll be open to the public. It's free. Um, We'll have all kinds of stuff going on out there. So around, you know, between 6 and 6.30, we'll do our parade of lights from the hotel there at the Hampton Inn down uh, Hart Street to 15th, and then we'll take 15th all the way out to the, to the uh, Cub League. Wow. Wow. Now, what time does this start on Wednesday? I think we're going to do the demo right around 6.30, so I would probably say for the public to get there between 5.45 and 6. Uh, our goal is to invite the local food trucks to come out there and – you know, for food and drink and, you know, uh, yeah. just. Is there a cost? Nope. It's going to be free to the public. There you go, Ed. Uh, yeah, you, you know some place to go. On a cheap date, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, this, that's always, and I think people who have listened to this show know that I get blown away by these dogs. I, I really do. I'm a dog lover anyway. But what they are able to do and how they are, the discipline and the environment i mean the other thing is you have all these dogs together and they're you know they all i don't say they get along but they just they know they're they stay in their lane don't they right they do i mean it's just wow. they do and they all don't get along all the time so i don't know how exactly that you guys do that but they have to kind of do the handlers i guess eventually they learn which dogs don't get along oh yeah well, you pick up on that a lot of the uh, a lot of the dogs that are going to be here are from a training group that a lot of us have been a part of for the last, you know, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. So um, when our former trainer, Mike Johnson, before he passed, he, he one of the uh, the things we would have to do as handlers when I was still working the road and had a dog is, you know, towards the end of our obedience session there in Bedford, we'd have to bring all the dogs closer and closer and closer and closer into a circle just to kind of get all the handlers and the dogs acclimated with each other and that's how you'd always figure out who or if there was one or if there was two you know more alpha male dogs in the group so oh yeah <laughs> well we know how dogs mark our territory yep. believe me if you got dogs you know yep. <laughs> all right well what would you suggest the general public keep an eye on during these trainings i mean you know we could just sit there and enjoy what they do but if there's an area maybe that we're not familiar with, I mean, maybe is it the way the the dog moves, the way, I mean, the ears? I mean, something a little different. I would say probably one of the most uh, things I always looked for or I enjoyed with dogs was is the fact how intense they are with their handler. Um a lot of people don't realize is the bond that these the dog and the handler have to have to do yeah. you know to become you know best friends because when i was still on the road and working 12-hour shifts you know that i'm that's 12 hours i'm with that dog and you know i wasn't with my kids or my wife for 12 hours in a day like i was with that dog so you really see that between the dog and the handler when they're out there doing those 
those testing or those the training how intense they are with each other so yeah. and it, it, the bond it's a trust issue too with the the handler and the dog well also this let's look on the, on the bigger picture it says a lot about vincennes in knox county for these people to come here and for us to host it yeah we uh after the first year we hosted it uh we were always kind of and, and, and this is how we got it this year too ed was um a, a lot of departments they do it one time and they realize the work that goes into it and how long it takes i mean this is a this is a 12-month process for myself and the other three handlers and even even our wives our wives are working just as hard as the handlers and myself so i mean every month we're meeting hey where are we at on this okay we need to make sure we get this you know you know just making sure we get the right people to cater and you know make sure we get the venues locked down and there's really two people that really brought this to us and that's our corporate sponsors which is halters tree service and then wabash food service if we didn't have them as corporate sponsors we wouldn't be able to bring these teams in so i mean that's a big shout out to them and then absolutely you know we have two small business sponsors too with jacob williams llc automotive and then robinson construction there were other two sponsors that you know made sure that we got to host us again wow it's exciting I'm excited. I got it down. And the handlers love coming here uh, because we are a small community. And, you know, as far as, you know, going to different training venues and stuff, I mean, we're it's a five- to seven-minute drive no matter where they go to get to some training in. So That was something I heard the last time they were here. They were – some of them were for the big ci- or from the big cities, and uh, they get here and – like Rich said, five minutes are where they need where they need to be, mm-hmm. and they, they they really like that. How many of them came the last time they had it here? We're, we have we we average about between forty and fifty dog teams okay. every time. Now, do you have any that repeated the last time they were here? Yeah, we we get a lot of repeat handlers. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, this is their time to certify and train. So okay, good, good. What was it at last year for you guys? Last year was actually in Rhode Island. Wow. So. It's kind of nice to get it back here to the Midwest. <laughs> How do you even get to Rhode Island? <laughs> I'm serious. You fly into Dover? Or, or well, they uh, actually... Uh, uh, that's Delaware. <laughs> Bruner McCormick, they had to drive out there to get their dogs. So that's where our, our dogs came from was a, was a kennel out there in Rhode Island. So, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Let's take a break. We'll have more after this on WAOV. Save money and time by shopping with TOC Direct Mail. It comes to your mailbox every week and includes great buys on what you need and what you want. Look for TOC Direct in your mailbox this week. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger. Our guest this segment, we have Knox County Sheriff Doug Pantlin and Major Richard Berman talking about uh, the uh, canines coming in for their, uh, well, I don't want to say, what is the official word? They're not testing. It's na- national conference. National conference. It's a training conference. Conference, yeah. And going to be at various spots, but again, I got Circle Wednesday at six thirty at Cub League is where the the big event will be, and that's yep. where you really get the best viewpoint. Yep. They'll see. They'll go through the whole gamut of everything that these dogs do. Okay. All right. It should be fun. Now, uh, we've talked about the dogs. Let's talk about the handlers. Because that's not an easy position. I mean, there's a lot of training involved with that. A lot of responsibility and a lot of time. Right. I mean, uh, and, you know, you're pretty much, the dog is your best friend, more or less. I mean, yes. I mean, you are, that, that, that's your companion. Right. Yeah, they, they spend a lot of time just the training, you know, they try to keep up, you know, 
one to twice a month or you know they're training um, that's not counting the training that they're doing on duty while they're working um, they're supposed to be doing obedience every day at least you know 15 20 minutes obedience um, they're with the dogs 12 hour shifts um, when they're at home they're on call 24 7 the guys you know between the three handlers they try to rotate it you know um, as far as who gets called out each time but um, sometimes when one's not available one gets you know used more than the others so um, yeah, they're, it's a 24 uh, seven, uh, job that they do with these, with these dogs. It's incredible. And that's, and the handlers, as far as administration goes, that's not something you can assign an officer to. They have to want to do it. And you put that out, um, for people, for volunteers, basically who want to do that. Then we have a, uh, process that we go through to make sure that officer is fit to do that job. What's his home life like, uh, uh, can he do the extra hours can he put in the extra time so it, it's a long process just getting a handler to for these dogs you know it's and how many hours of training does it take for an officer uh well when they first get the dog a lot of times the dogs are green so the dog is being trained uh, right along with the handlers um i know when i was going through it you know i went through two schools I mean, you're looking at, you know, five weeks just for the dogs that do narcotics and then another three weeks for the patrol stuff. So that's, you know, eight weeks of training, you know, you know, 10 hour, 10 to 12 hour days. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of hours that go into just get the dog street ready. You know, a friend of mine, um, he's um, with the Lafayette Police Department and he just lost his canine. Uh, his officer, Lonnie Wilson, and his uh, canine was, I think, Jory's. And they had... When, when the dog passed away, they had 40 automobiles and a big concession. I mean, these are officers. Correct. I think yes. people need to realize they're watching dogs, but you're also watching police officers. Correct. Okay. Yep. Uh, the, what they can do, is, again, is just, it's amazing. Yep. Get out there. Mark it down. Wednesday, 630. Yep. Out Cub League. Okay. Uh, but you're not going to be demonstrating anything, right, Sheriff? Uh, no, they're trying to get me in a bite suit to watch the dog chase me down. But <clears throat> I'm saying no to that right now. <laughs> Is there a fun me that I could put toward that? Uh, there might be now since you said it on the radio. <laughs> wow. uh, they used to do dunking boots. Now we do bite dog. You know, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. All right. Um, there's a report that uh, came out. Uh, statewide about uh, uh, scams as we get into Christmas season scams you know and you know there's there's new ones out there they always seem to evolve I mean we just have to be careful right now especially this time of year right uh, stealing identity is one of the biggest ones uh, getting into your information uh, and sometimes you're not even aware of it there's no uh, contact with you on what's going on uh, just grab it and uh you need to report it uh we'll get a report put on it and then uh you have to go through your channels to get all your credit cards and everything stopped mm -hmm. uh so yeah there, there's scam going on if you do get contacted over the phone or whatever and it doesn't doesn't seem right uh, don't hesitate to tell them call me back later mm -hmm. and then uh, you can get a hold of somebody and check into it further right and and i think one of the that's kind of neat is a lot of the uh, banking institutions if they see something in a transaction that doesn't look right they'll throw up the red flag for you too so i mean but we got to be careful with that right uh, 
Oh, let's talk about really something positive. Your jail is getting closer and closer to being done. It is. It is. Um, we still have a deadline of the end of December for the jail. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's coming along. Like I said, the last time I was in here, we already have the sally port or the garage, and the booking area is completed. And um, it looks like it's going gonna, it's gonna to get there at the end of December. And it's a uh, pretty good size. Right. Now, that doesn't mean we want to fill it. No, and I know you get tired of me saying this, but people talk about it, the jail, that's big, that, you know, we're going to have a nice big jail, but I look at it, it's sad. It's a sad state of affairs that we have to build a bigger jail. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, it is. And there will, we will do an open house on that also. Uh, if anybody will open it up to the public, anybody wants to come in and walk through it, uh, on that day, you'll be more than welcome to stop in. You know, it's it's amazing, though, that um, despite the pandemic and the cost and how did, it was impossible to get parts and, and labor and, I mean, every materials, you were able to get this thing rolling as fast as it did. And by the end of December, that's quite a statement. Yeah, we started earlier talking about it, making plans, uh, getting figures together, and then COVID hit, and that kind of put the brakes on everything. So we took up where we left off prior to COVID and yeah, yes, you are right. To get it back on track and get it going again, that was, uh, we were lucky with that. Now I understand uh, committee corrections maybe in the spring, is that right? Yes, they're, they are gonna extend to February, I believe, okay. uh, is what they're looking at. Yeah, the old justice campus, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sheriff's <office. What? laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh, territorial, territorial. <laughs> Yeah. Just talk about canines yep. being yeah, that's, that's my alpha male. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, that's why I looked at you with a blank look. What are you talking about, Justice Camps? I, I, it's a sheriff's office is what it is. <laughs> I got myself in trouble here. Now I'm going to have a council coming in. We need to rebuttal with that the sheriff. Yeah, said. we can have a discussion on your show. <laughs> that's not fair, guys. You can't do that to me, okay? <laughs> Okay. Anyway, it is good news that you're getting this. Yes. And, and um, also, does it enable you now to take more of the uh, uh, federal inmates that you have? Yes. If the beds will allow, we have to take care of our own first. And if we have a lot of empty beds, we uh, yes, we will take in more. But it, it's what the uh, what we have to do locally first. Okay. All right, what are the numbers right now? Over 200, I take it? Uh, we're at, we're actually up, I think it was a little over 270 so, this morning. 270? Yes, this morning. Wow. And, um, <laughs> you know, you said something about federals. If you take fed, the fed prisoners out, we're still looking at 230 local oh inmates. My. Wow. So, yeah, yes, we, we have several. Okay, I had no clue. You, you better build on. Yes, yeah, I mean, yes. Wow. Uh, now, one of the things that you guys really, was really starting to do well before the pandemic hit, I know you offer like gun safety courses and how to operate uh, a gun and, and, and things like that. Are you hoping to get back to doing things like that as well? Uh, we had one, 
what spring i think we did oh did you okay I didn't yeah know that. we had one then and uh, we'd like to offer more than what we've got uh we're it's safe, of, there's safety i mean it's for safety reasons yes yeah. you could it's safety but uh it also we we take you out to the range and you can fire your, your weapon out there you go through a class with us first and then we move to the range and you can fire some we've had uh haven't had it like i said we haven't had as many as what i would like to have had mm -hmm. uh, been busy we've been shorthanded but we'd like to start that you up got here. great response though a lot yes. of people out there yes and we limit it uh, depending on how many of the deputies we have we have to limit on how many we can take a lot of women yes we do get a lot of women yeah. coming out it's good it's you good know how to shoot okay all right uh finally last thing i'll bring up before we wrap it up uh it's good news the budget's done and looks like it's on the way it's going to be approved next month and on the way yes the lit tax really played a big dividend, didn't it? Yes, the lit tax is helping uh, a lot. and um, Well, it's well-deserved. It's well-deserved. I mean, you know, officers need to behave more. They need to be paid what the, account, the uh, competition is in other counties and stuff. So. And, and that, right. And uh, the council, uh, we don't have the final yet on it, but the council, from what I've been told, has addressed that. And we do have to keep up with the other law enforcement agencies if we want to keep the manpower. Okay. All right. Richie, you ready for next week? Yeah, I'm ready for get it done. <laughs> get him sent home. No, it's it's all good. It's we're all ready. We're you know, this isn't our first rodeo with it, so you know, this will be our fourth one. So we're just uh we're just glad to see the community involvement that we got into it. So we got a lot of good partnerships with people in the community so we're ready to get it rolling all right gentlemen appreciate you coming in and we'll talk to you next month okay ed Thanks. have a good day all righty stay tuned midday edition is next on waov